Hey everybody, so this episode is going to be an interesting one. I am starting laughing now because this episode is tentatively titled Crybabies. Uh, I am sitting here, oh first, I'm your host, that guy named John, I should probably talk about that, and I'm joined in the studio by the one and only Andy. Hey, I'm looking forward to this one. (laughs) So Andy, tell me why you had this great idea for us to talk about movies that make us, or made us, at one point, cry. Okay, I think the listeners may not realize that I am uh, known for having absolutely no human emotions <laughs> whatsoever. Mm-hmm. People, have, I think, have definitely uh, sort of like uh, likened me to Spock, or possibly mm-hmm. uh, Spock's Vulcan father, for my lack of emotions. Uh, yeah. Um, so I thought I, I better get you know before this goes this 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 feeling goes too far. Uh, I wanted to get in touch with my emotional side. So I thought, um, what what would be better than to um, have an episode of uh, about to review about movies that make <laughs> us cry? Yeah, and when I say you know the one and only Andy, I say that because after Andy was built at the factory, they shut the factory down. So the emotional chip that went into the future ones, that was different. Oh, and Spock's <laughs> father was Sarek, by the way. Thank you. Who was one of the characters that actually, he was in the original series. Same actor played him in Next Generation. I didn't cry during any Star Trek movies, by the way. Really? Not even when Spock died? Not even when or Spock died. Or kind of pseudo well, died. Like, oh, spoiler. Um, oh, but speaking of which, we should probably mention yes. that we are going to be talking about a lot of movies mm-hmm. and we're going to be talking about the things that make us cry in these movies. So there there are spoilers. Yes. Um, doesn't mean you shouldn't watch these films because mm-hmm. we loved every single one of the movies that we'll be talking about today. Yeah, absolutely. Because normally on this episode or on this episode, <laughs> normally on this show, here's the other thing. Uh, Andy and I might might have had, you know, a drink. Uh, to kind of prepare us for this emotional episode. So hopefully that will not, you know, cause too many slip-ups. But normally we review things with good, bad, or ugly. Every movie on this list tonight is good. Unreserved good. Yeah, unreserved good. Even though they have made us cry, <laughs> at least with my list, I have seen all of these movies more than more than a few times. So, and could you say the same thing? Have you seen most of these more than uh, once? Um, excepting... One of them, yeah. Okay. So we're going to break this up into some categories because other than that, because everyone loves lists and just reading off of lists, but kind of wanted to break it up, do some categories. So we have five categories of movies that made us cry. First is going to be sports, which is going to be a very short category because Andy does not have any sports movies on on his Nothing to say in that section whatsoever. Um, Second is going to be relationships. Now, relationships, that could be... Uh, family dynamic that could be boyfriend girlfriend husband wife kind of just run the gamut of just relationships third is going to be war movies because you know war movies are kind of easy fodder to make you cry Uh, number four is going to be oppression slash inspirational movie we'll get into kind of more of that once we get into that category and then the last one we're going to wrap up with animals 
Mm. So, <laughs> well, was, that, oh, was, was that a cow? Was that a sad cow? <laughs> what was that? <laughs> before, before we actually go into uh, talking about the movie specifically, I was just thinking um, there's also some, I mean, there's all kinds of different ways that we could divide this. Like we could divide it into films that made us cry when we were kids, yes. when we were adults, you know, things like that. But one of the also, uh, uh, while John was going making his list of like 50 movies that made <laughs> there, him there, cry, there were a lot. <laughs> <laughs> there were a lot. I, I was also thinking about well, what is it specifically in these movies, are there are there sort of like things, themes running through these which actually cause the tears to fall? <laughs> right. And some of the ones that I came up with were were the death of dreams, mm, hopelessness, okay. uh-huh. betrayal, okay, and mistakes. Nice. Yeah, I, I like and that I, one. I'm going to come up with mistake for one because because there's one movie that I'm going to talk about that I couldn't really fit into one of the categories that John mentioned, but the, what made me cry was a mistake interesting okay we will definitely we'll get into that so all right so section slash topic number one sports uh the main (laughs) andy is already shaking his head i'm I'm gonna take a little nap right now okay so the first first movie on the list sports movie and i only did one a lot of sports movies get to me but all right so the first movie remember the titans from the year 2000 so it starred Denzel Washington. It was a Jerry Bruckheimer movie. About, again, Andy is still shaking his head. Shaking. Uh, it was based off of a true story of a coach who comes into a school in 1971 that had just become desegregated. This is a school in Texas where football is life. New coach comes in and has to deal with now the, you know, the team that has African-American players you know, mixing with the white Texans. And what happens from there and the conflicts. So one of the reasons that this movie is so emotional is because, A, it was a true story. This situation, you know, really happened. And it was not the only one. This happened a lot in the 70s and earlier and now. But because it was a sports movie, you know, and they deal with that coach, that mentor, trying to just help these kids who some of them do not really want to be helped. Um, So the kind of captain of the team... The who is white, uh, Jerry, his character's name is Jerry Bertier. Uh, so this is a sad movie that becomes even sadder because in the movie, after they win this big game and everything, he gets blindsided in a car accident, ends up paralyzed from the waist down. That happened to the real person. He went on to then go into the Paralympic Games. A few years later, died in a car accident. So... <laughs> Yeah, so this movie is just brutal because it touches on all of those things. Of If you've ever been on a sports team, if you've ever had a coach or teacher or mentor who has helped you through such a difficult time in your life and acceptance, and then again, going back to what Andy said about a mistake, he was just driving along and gets into an accident that left him paralyzed. Then he gets into another accident later in his life that takes his life. I, I could make some jokes, but that that yeah, would no. be in very poor taste. Very at poor this point taste. In time. <laughs> so yeah, that that was for our that was our sports section. <laughs> I'm glad that's over, John. Thank yeah, you. that was it. So, <laughs> moving into probably what will be our largest <sighs> largest section, which is relationships. Uh, so, Andy, how about you start us off with 
again, what is going to be a rip roaring comedy of an episode <laughs> of the relationship uh, movies that made you cry. Well, Give me one. Okay, well, okay. Talking of comedy, uh, there's one which has a, a, a gamut of emotional reactions to it, but but is very very funny, and that is 2009's Up. And I think you'll mm-hmm. agree with me, John, that this is. At, in time, at various points in time, is is a really emotional movie. Uh, uh, yeah, <laughs> this is a Pixar animation. If anybody, surely everybody's seen Everybody. it. Everybody's seen it. Um, and for me, the the key emotional time in this is when the the old character. There's a musical montage, and the the elder gentleman Carl um, is is going through. The, the I think it's a photo album mm-hmm. with his his um, wife Ellie's dreams, and it shows the arc of their dreams and how the dreams got suspended as as life got in the mm-hmm. way, and you think that you can do things and you think that you can do things these wonderful things and you know suddenly you know, you're working you've got a family or you've mm-hmm. got responsibilities and then you get to the point in your life where you think oh maybe I can just do something and then your partner dies mm-hmm. <laughs> and and the, the the dashing of the dream so this is one of those death of the dreams yep. ones and you and and sort of carl the character realizes that oh my gosh what 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 have i done with my life and and how have i betrayed this dream that my my spouse the, the love of my life had and yeah. it, it, you know i don't i shouldn't i shouldn't be crying during a, a comic um animation mm-hmm. but they that's what they wanted to do yep. oh and they and, and they, and they, they delivered damn it they got me yeah and it was one of the things that there has been a meme for a few years now where it shows you know clips of that opening sequence in up where he is going through his life you know carl and ellie's life and it says still a better love story than twilight <laughs> And because that scene in Up is... Or Titanic, I'm afraid to say. Oh, there you go. Another good one that is not on this list. Sorry, anyone who made that made them cry. But yeah, that opening scene in Up is like 10 minutes, no dialogue. And just it shows this relationship building from when they're very young to when they're very old. It's so well done. Phenomenal. So well done. Phenomenal. So, okay. So that was your first for emotion... Or, sorry, relationship. Uh, my first with relationship, and I kind of am going to take these in order of kind of when i saw them so one of the first movies that dealt with the relationship that made me cry was my girl now my girl starred macaulay culkin uh this was pre-home alone this is 1991 and just this story of these you know kids who you know start forming this relationship you know they they love each other it is this you know true love story between these kids uh and then towards the end of or sorry beginning of the third act uh the girl and i forget her character's name let me pull it up real quick she loses her her mood ring and so macaulay culkin's character goes to get it gets stung by a bee he is deathly allergic to bees literally and ends up dying so this movie came out in 91 and macaulay culkin i mean it was like i don't even know maybe like 12 or something so anyone who was around that same age when seeing this to me, it was the first time when I saw people around my same age die in a movie. Hmm. And I was just like, wait. This can what? happen? Yeah. This, when? This, like, it was not just happy. And, like, it was, it was pretty brutal. Hmm. Um, 
And so that, that was kind of one of the first ones with, with real characters, because like, we will get into some animation I don't think stuff. I've seen that one. I recommend it. I mean, okay. it, it, was, right. it was a hard watch. They did come out with a sequel, I think, but I never... He, he, does he come back that. to life in the sequel? No, no. Oh, okay. It turns into a Blair Witch <laughs> spinoff all of a sudden. <laughs> so, okay, so continuing on with relationships, what else? Okay, um, uh, an oldie but goodie, West Side Story. Oh, um, 1961, directed by Jerome Robbins and Robert Wise, mm-hmm. uh, musical. Mm-hmm. Um, my favorite. I'm gonna. Uh, yeah, this is my favorite musical. Wow. Yeah. See, now, I have a Andy and I have had like. conversations about that before, and you would always say it was in your top three. You are. This is on record. No, this is my favorite musical. Favorite musical. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, definitely. Nice. Um, uh, yeah, we'll go. We'll talk about that some other time, John. Okay. <laughs> right. um, starring Natalie Wood and uh, uh, Richard Bamer, George Shakiris, and a couple of other people. Mm-hmm. I forget. Um, and it's you know obviously it's a, it's a takeoff of the Romeo and Juliet story. The music is great. Mm-hmm. The dance mo- um, scenes are, are great. Um, uh, and you know y- you. Even even a cynical person like me can <laughs> right. get into this kind of like Vulcan. you know simple love story mm-hmm. of of you know people from warring clans essentially. Yep. Uh, for me, really the only really really emotional moment is again spoiler folks. This this episode is going to be again, full of spoilers. This also came out in nineteen sixty seven. Sixty one. Sixty one. Sixty one. Come on, people. <laughs> yeah. So if you haven't seen it, what what are you doing with your life? Yeah. Um. So the 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 main male character is is shot dead tony tony and uh the girlfriend from the other gang or the the, the yeah essentially the other gang mm-hmm. maria finds him dead and or dying i think is he dead or dying? i can't remember anyway she, so she finds him um and for me that's just so emotional <laughs> oh my god this is where it starts wow. John. this is where <laughs> Andy it starts is about to start crying <laughs> All right, <laughs> <laughs> and 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 she picks up the gun mm-hmm. and oh. she starts accusing everybody around her that you're responsible for this, mm-hmm. you're responsible for this, and it's just like it's so heart wrenching, you know. <laughs> which is again is silly for me because it's a it's a it's a musical. Mm-hmm. It's a you know it's something fairly light. I mean, theoretically lightweight because it's a musical, yep. and yet it, it's this is so so powerful. I've watched this movie. I don't know, eight to ten times, mm-hmm. and I, I got tears every single yeah. damn time. I know it's coming. I know it's coming. <laughs> I don't want to cry. I can't help myself. Well, because whole, that whole scene leading up to that is Tony just trying to find Maria because he finally got the money for them to leave town, mm-hmm. for them to go off. And then Chino finds him, and it just... And, you know, as Andy said, when she is surrounded by everyone and she is holding up the gun, these are jets and sharks. These are people from both gangs that she is saying, you are responsible you know, and she was saying, uh, one of us, she was, uh, what did she say? Oh, yeah, how many, how many bullets are this? How many bullets, uh, mm-hmm, how many people can mm-hmm. I take out and still have one left for me? Mm-hmm. And it's just incredibly emotional. And I think it was one of the only Romeo and Juliet adaptations where she, Juliet, quote unquote, doing air quotes right now, ends up living. Mm-hmm. And every other Romeo and Juliet ap- adaptation, it follows, you know, the, the you know, storyline, the play. But yeah, she she survives and they end up carting Tony off. So yeah, tremendous pick. Mm. I I highly agree with that. Uh, My next one for relationships would be 2004's Crash. Now, this definitely falls into the category of relationships because that is all it deals with. It deals with husband, wife, uh, father, daughter, just kind of as everyone has these storylines that end up coalescing 
and connecting in ways that no one really knew. Uh, the scene in particular that always gets me, um, and I was trying to pull up his his name and I cannot remember it. At one point in the movie, the daughter gives her dad, or no, is the opposite. The dad takes off his invisible cape and puts it around his daughter. And he was like, you know, I'll always be there to protect you, all of that. Towards the end of the movie, the little girl, someone goes to shoot her. And as they fire, you have this moment, just this horrific moment of, did they just, did this just happen? And he, he grabs her and picks her up and she is not hurt at all. The gun had blanks in it. And she looks at him and she was like, I was wearing your invisible cape, daddy. And it's just like, <laughs> game over. Like it just so brutal. And you see this just genuine moment of just this father and daughter just crying together in the theater. I mean, I still think the air conditioner, you know, the, the allergies, there's, there's something the, the, wrong. A little bit of dust in your eye. Uh, yeah. I, did, I saw that movie. I don't remember having quite such an emotional reaction to it. Yeah. It was oh, so tremendous. Um, but yeah, so that that was that was one of the other ones for relationships, and Andy does not have any more with relationships. So I will go over just a couple real quick. Um, father son movies will always get to me. That is like if you put out a father son dramatic movie, it is going to hit home. It just it always happens. See these these movies that we're picking, they mm-hmm. they say something about us, dear listeners. So you are learning a lot about. <laughs> What has shaped us? Mm-hmm. And for John, it's that father-son yep. relationship. And the movie that, that typified the father-son relationship in, in the best way, Pursuit of Happiness, with Will Smith and his real-life son, Jaden Smith, in a role where Jaden you know, was not terrible. So that was good. Um, <laughs> As opposed to the subsequent ones, right? Uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah it, it got a little bit weird. So Pursuit of Happiness basically just... Will Smith's character is is struggling, you know, to find a job, and he has to care for his son. And I mean, it, so again, most of these movies, most people have at least heard about or seen clips of. The scene in this movie that gets me at one point when Will Smith's character is just literally trying to find a place for them to sleep for the night, just find a roof over their head. So they're in a bathroom, I think, in a subway tunnel, and he is just there, just on the floor sleeping and someone is trying to get in mm. and trying to open the door. And you see Will Smith just like put his foot to the door, holding his son, just crying. Cause he knows if they get caught, they will be kicked out. And just, I mean, Will Smith, you know, say what you will about him, you know, as, as an actor, but he has certain movies where his performance is tremendous. Mm. And this is definitely one of them. Um, and it, it goes on. And at the end, based off of a true story, uh, and at the end, yeah, he, he ends up kind of getting a job and everything does kind of turn out to be okay. But that scene of him just holding his son, recognizing that if someone comes in, it is going to be really, really bad. So he was doing everything he can to protect his son. Tremendous movie, pursuit of happiness, uh, broke back mountain. You cannot really talk about sad movies mm. that make you cry mm-hmm. <laughs> without talking about Ang Lee's broke back mountain with Jake Gyllenhaal and the late Heath Ledger, mm. uh, of basically just a story of forbidden love. Of you know two cowboys who who love each other who fall in love with each other mm-hmm. in a state both uh, physically <laughs> in a, in a state but also just emotional state where they are still not sure how they're going to be safe. Yeah, no, it, it, again, a great movie. I'm not sure it, it touched me emotionally in quite the same way. 
Yeah. Uh, the scene, again, if we're talking about, you know, little scenes here and there, when he grabs his jacket and he is just holding it and smelling it. Yeah. Totally broke down. Uh, tremendous movie. Yeah. Yeah. Remember it. Yep. Uh, Andrew talked about Up. That was on my list for relationships. Inside Out, another Pixar movie, <laughs> which, man, Pixar over the years, they taught us toys have feelings. Animals have feelings. Robots. Robots have feelings. This one, feelings have feelings. Mm. Come on, Pixar, that is not even fair. Mm. So Inside, <laughs> Inside Out is, is tremendous. Anyone who has had any sort of imaginary friend or wants an imaginary friend, this movie made you realize, maybe I did have an imaginary friend that then sacrificed himself so that I could have joy in my life. Incredible movie. Um, but then... The, Another movie, another musical, real quick. Then we'll go into the next category as Andy is just sitting there listening to me ramble on. Um, back to a musical, dealing with relationships, Rent. Now, Rent is, or was, a Broadway musical, and actually started touring again, was a Broadway musical that they made into a feature film with most of the original cast uh, returning, some exceptions like Rosario Dawson. And this is a movie about New Yorkers who quite a few of them you know, have AIDS in this community and they're just trying to find a way to survive, trying to find a way to heat their homes when the power comes off. This is one of those emotional movies that I have seen. I, I could not even tell you how many times when I listen to the soundtrack, which is also incredible. And it makes you think of the scenes in the movie that then make you cry. <laughs> but it just, it is such an incredible movie about how friendships are connected and what you will do for those friends is is just incredible. Mm. So, have you seen Rent? I I haven't. Boo! I no no. <laughs> hey, but 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 I just just to yeah to maybe not one up you, but sort of like <laughs> <Okay>. to. <laughs> is, is it a sad off? Right yeah, now? yeah, this is a sad off right now, man. Um, I'm just, I'm going to mention maybe my second favorite. I, is it a musical? Yeah, mm-hmm. I guess okay. it's a musical. And again, uh, this I think. I do believe that I did cry in this one, and I I hate myself for crying in this <laughs> okay. one. Is uh, is Moulin Rouge? Yep, I, that actually that was right on the edge of making my list. Yeah, because the music is so good, and now we'll be like, hey, I should watch this movie. You put it in, ten minutes in, you're like, why am I doing doing this to myself? This is a terrible idea. <laughs> but no, I, I definitely agree that one almost made my this was my list. that that was the movie that made me change my mind about Nicole Kidman. Interesting. Yep. Anyway, we should move on. Yeah. So moving on to the next category, which is war movies. Now... This is a big one for me. Yeah. And that is... I'm kind of the opposite. I only have one one war movie. So go ahead and take a couple of your war movies, and then I will tell you mine. And we'll go from there. What you okay. got? Okay. Yeah. So again, again, this this kind of does show the different personalities that we have. That I, I, I could probably have quite a few war movies. I've just picked two. Um... One is the 1981 movie Gallipoli, and honestly, hmm. um, this I've seen this so many times. I can't even couldn't, couldn't even count how many times I've See, seen I, it. I had never heard of this movie, as far as I remember, until Andy mentioned it before we started recording. Yeah, well, so it, it, what is it? Okay, so it's, it's it's directed by the great Australian director Peter Weir. Um, it stars. Uh, Mark Lee, who I guess disappeared into obscurity, maybe, hmm. and uh, someone who who has less less disappeared, and that is Mel Gibson. This is oh, Mel Gibson before he oh. went crazy. Mm, okay. Now is this before Road Warrior? 
I think it is. I think it might be, or is okay. it? it was right around that time. You can look it up on IMDb. Yeah. Um, and the, the basic plot is uh, it's, it's a World War One story um, based on the the Australian uh, sort of uh, expeditionary force on the Turkish peninsula of uh, Gallipoli. Somebody can correct me, but I think it's a peninsula. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, it, it's one of those... Uh, destroyed youth, uh, stupidity of war ones. And there are so many of them. But this one, I don't know why in particular it, it stuck with me, but there's hmm. the scene, I mean, sort of there's that, that lost innocence is is most of the movie. It's, you know, it's a vast chunk of the movie. And then you actually get to the, the, the war part of it and you see the, the stupidity of what is going on in this this, this war situation. And then you just know, you just know something's got to go very, very wrong for at least one of these characters, and it's for Mark Lee. There's a um, the sort of Mark Lee basically sacrifices his position as a runner to Mel Gibson, even mm. though Mark, the Mark Lee character is probably quicker and would have been a better runner. Um, and M- Mel Gibson has to convey um, a message that would stop an advance into Mm. almost certain death and he doesn't make it in time Mm. and so the mark lee character dies and is just like wow if only if only if Mm -hmm. only it's like uh, uh, uh and it's done so well peter weir has he's 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 kind of you know done some slightly off the wall directorial kind of things but this despite it being you know sort of like more of a mainstream movie it's just like th- that that one scene is just so so powerful amazing so hmm. that is the thing with with a lot of these movies sometimes that that moment of sadness is in the first 10 minutes mm-hmm. sometimes it is in the third act mm-hmm. and so there were some movies that i kind of decided not to put on here that at the end of the movie i left kind of happy or you know and so, yeah, this movie, when did that scene... It's right at the end. It's the very oh, last that scene. Is so, so there is no record. Yeah, that, that yeah, is Yeah, you, you leave, like, totally oh. destroyed at the oh, end of this movie. As opposed... Well, I mean, and here's, here's an, uh, one, one of the strange ones where um, the, there's probably two scenes in, in, this, follow, in this, this movie that I'm going to describe next, which, which probably had me in tears. Uh, the movie is... Uh, the 1995 movie Land and Freedom by the director Ken Loach. Uh, this is not one that was seen a lot. Was that an um, Irish movie? You no. Gave, you gave it a little Land and Freedom. Land and Freedom. <laughs> Hello. No, maybe I did that because he's, he had the slightly better known uh, The Wind That Shakes of Barley. Great movie. Which, which, Killian Murphy. Killian Murphy, mm-hmm. which has a similar kind of narrative arc. Okay. Uh, Land and Freedom is, is significantly earlier than that and is in uh you know the subject matter is basically the spanish civil war which is one of my again the one of my formative historical periods mm. of time one of my other movies that because well, you were you were like a kid when that was happening <laughs> so i mean it was it was not even history it was just like that was every day <laughs> the real thing another one of the movies which is kind of my on my list you know which i'm not not going to go into pan's labyrinth is set during the second world incredible war. so land and freedom <clears throat> there's two basically two scenes where which get me every time I see the first is 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 um where a guy dies because of you know the failure to act 
of someone else. So the the, okay. the main the main actor Ian Hart doesn't do something, and his and a friend of his dies because of that. And of course, it's wrenching because he knows that what he did. Uh, I mean, if he'd done something else, maybe he could have saved this guy's life. Mm. And he, of course, he's racked by the guilt of right. what he could not do. And that is that is just so tough. And then the second scene is there's there's no death involved but it it marks a betrayal the end of um this this militia because a friend a, a person one of the soldiers who used to be in the militia of of the main uh, the star ian hart um has gone over to the, uh, uh, the side of the the establishment of in this case uh, i can't go into the history lesson but he goes over to the, <laughs> right. the, the, the kind of like the communist part of okay. the republican army and they in turn disarm this um this militia and it's it's so tough because there's this in, intense intense scene of betrayal hmm. and i mean sort of the, the the a lot of the stuff of what that ken loach does is improvisation there's a lot hmm. of improvised scripts improvised acting and i'm guessing that much of what he did in 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 this movie but in particular in this scene was like just do let what, the actors l- let yourself go let wow. how feel that emotion and and you just feel it so so strongly um it's, it's in, incredibly powerful wow okay yeah that definitely sounds interesting and yeah when and you can sometimes tell i mean andy and i have talked about it before with directors sometimes you can tell when a director just kind of lets them go mm-hmm. they know the script they know what needs to happen mm-hmm. in the scene and they're just like you know what i'm just gonna roll you guys take it ken loach is the the uh the paradigm of that. Interesting. I'll have to check out some of his. I mean, I I have seen the one that shakes the barley, but um, yeah, I'm gonna check that out. So the only war movie on my list, and I say that even though I mean there is kind of a couple that might be able to tie in, but generally I do not really like watching war movies, um, especially modern war movies. Historical mm-hmm. war movies I have an easier time with, but modern ones I'm like mm, a little too close to. I'm like this is happening somewhat right now mm-hmm. so this movie is an animated movie grave of the fireflies i've never even heard of that. oh my gosh uh by takahata um this movie is so it came out in, in 1988 uh absolutely brutal um it was studio studio ghibli mm-hmm. who princess mononoke mm-hmm. and a whole bunch of other stuff that we might go into at some episode down mm-hmm. the road mm-hmm. uh completely unlike those in that this one does not pull punches like there are always those emotional moments in all the studio ghibli movies mm-hmm. howl's moving castle kiki's delivery service i mean you can go down the list spirited away spirited away this one basically is about two kids who are dead um <laughs> the movie kind of opens with a boy dying of starvation uh, World War II in Japan, and then it does a flashback to the boy, <clears throat> the boy and his uh, sister, as they as they were kind of basically surviving the war zone, which was Japan in World War II. So when it starts off <laughs> with a character dying, now, so is that the the most emotional part of the movie for you? <sighs> no, uh, the end of the movie. And, I mean, this one I'm okay with, I mean, spoiling, but whatever. Um, it kind of ends with this fade-out of them looking over kind of mod- the modern city. And what was the name of the modern city? 
uh, Kobe, mm. um, or Kobe, whichever. Kobe Bryant. Uh, Rain. <laughs> so it shows Saita and Setsuko as I mean they're healthy. You know they they're well dressed. You know kind of looking down on this when the whole movie you had seen them as just the most downtrodden, just starving uh-huh. kids, and it was just so harsh. So it came out in the eighties. I only saw this uh, probably in like the early two thousands when I was um, when I kind of branched off uh, from the anime that I had been watching, and I was like, all right, let me see kind of some of the other types of anime, the slice of life, the dramas. Um, and so I watched this. I did not watch another drama <laughs> anime <laughs> for quite a while. I was I'm like, only watching comedies from now on. I was like, yep, nope, gonna go back to Dragon Ball Z, gonna go back to Naruto. <laughs> Because it was just, it was brutal, but it was so incredibly well done. Tells a phenomenal story. Um, They have made a couple live action versions, but just definitely, definitely go check out the 1988 uh, animation if you can sit through it. Because it is is a tough watch. So, and then you had one more war movie before we... I, d- I didn't want to go into detail with it, but um, it's uh, Oliver Stone's Platoon. Oh, um, incredible. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, sort of the, the, the end scene, which is done essentially in slow-mo um, with Willem Dafoe, mm-hmm. is uh, it's it's just, again, incredibly powerful. You know the director's, you know, manipulating you in, oh, yeah. in this one, <laughs> but boy, he he's did it so well. Wow. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, Platoon, yeah, incredible movie. Okay, so now that we've covered war movies our next exciting topic on this episode is the oppression slash inspirational movies um i will go ahead and lead 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 this one off uh the first movie that was kind of you know about oppression but also inspiration that i remember from from being a kid was the drama series roots um which i started watching i mean i think it was like elementary school and and it was brutal. It was like seven, I think six parts, six or seven parts. Alex Haley, you know, wrote the book that then they did the show off of. And LeVar Burton, you know, stars in it as Kunta Kinte. And I grew up watching him on Reading Rainbow and then has Jordi LaForge on Star Trek. <laughs> and then I see this movie or series, I guess you want to call it. Because in the later ones, uh, I mean, yeah, they included a lot more actors, but Kunta Kinte, played by LeVar, LeVar Burton, was my first kind of foray into that. And, I mean, it is a story that, again, most people know, starts off in Africa, and then the transatlantic slave trade happens, then we end up in the American South. The rest, I mean, is is brutal history. Um, not too surprising, the scene that broke me down the most was when Kunta Kinte is being whipped, and they're like, what's your name? Mm-hmm. And he's saying, Kunta Kinte. Kinte. Your name is Toby. Toby. And it just like, and again, I'm a kid watching this. So, so brutal. Mm-hmm. Um, but also so very important. I remember re-watching it in middle school when they showed it in class. That is something I do not think <laughs> schools do these days. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was important. It was something where a representation of that was important to have. Do you think do you think it would have the same effect on you today? Yes. Hmm. Absolutely. That being said, I have not watched the new version mm-hmm. uh that just recently came out like a 
a couple months ago or like last month. So I definitely am excited to see that. Uh, but yeah, that was, that was harsh. That was, that was definitely the first oppressive movie with real people that I was like, Oh boy, this is happening. Mm -hmm. So on your oppression list, what you got? (laughs) Um, you know, gosh, there's there's a lot of stuff. I'm really, I was going to say, I'm really into oppression, (laughs) but no, I'm, I I mean, (laughs) I I like, I'm, I'm a very political person. So I love watching movies, uh, that, that involve oppression and, inspiration and stuff so i would say almost anything that um deals with the holocaust Mm. gets me very much on the edge but even more so than that um are things which deal with the uh warsaw ghetto uprising because again that for me that that was an inspirational and yet at the same time a hopeless uh event um, mm. I, 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 I was struggling to think of a specific ones which affected me, but I, I, I mean, I, I have to say even something like Uprising, which was, um, mm. uh, a movie with, uh, uh, who was it? David Schwimmer and Lily Sob- Sobieski. Sobieski. And you, mm-hmm. you kind of thinking I shouldn't be emotionally moved by it, but, but it's, it's, it's more <laughs> the it sub- Uprising. Uh, it was called Uprising. And it mm. was the, it was the subject matter. I mean, that, that really, really gets me. Um, but I'm going to do a slight aside here because one of my movies that I've got to mention, possibly one of my mo- most emotional scenes, mm. uh, it doesn't fit into any of the categories that you mentioned okay. uh, so far. And that is um, the the highly flawed and yet brilliant um, movie Margaret, uh, mm. a 2011 release uh, by director Kenneth Lonergan. We could probably do an, an entire episode about this movie. Interesting. Um, I know nothing about it. So well, go ahead. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm not going to go into that. I mean, it was just such a big thing. It's got an amazing ensemble cast, incredibly flawed, and lots of people absolutely hate it. But there's one scene um, in particular, which um, is it's one of the toughest emotional scenes I've ever <laughs> had to deal with. And wow. again, it's, again, it's like the West Side Story death scene. Mm-hmm. I can't help but I've got tears rolling down my cheeks when, when, when I watch it. And that is when... Um, and this is, this is one of the films where sort of like the, the emotional is, is, uh, draw is, is by a mistake. It's something, mm. an avoidable mistake. You Ugh. didn't have to do... If you had done something just mm-hmm. slightly different this situation would not be as bad as it is. And so the situation is that um, uh, Alison Janney, the actress Alison Janney, is hit by a bus because Anna Packin uh-huh. is distracting the bus driver, Mark Ruffalo. Um, it, and wow. it was over something stupid. I mean, if they, again, if there had been something really important that she was distracting him, you, you'd say, okay, you know, she was trying to save a baby. Right. Th- you know, we can understand that. But no, it was some, it's, the thing is totally, totally stupid. And the emotion, emotionality is not when Alice Janney gets hit by the bus. It's, it's oh man, I'm having a tough time here. Go ahead. <laughs> it's, it's when Anna Packin is holding Alice and Janney mm. in her arms and there's blood everywhere. And she's, and Alice and Janney doing a fantastic job and Anna Packin doing a fantastic job is, you know, Alice and Janney is saying, uh, you know, it's trying to say, am I, am I going to live? Am I going to live? And Anna Packin is trying her best to try and 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 and, and help her you know emotionally cope and, and cope with mm-hmm. the, the the imminent death that is very clear because there's no way that she can survive these massive loss, in, right. injuries and it, it, it is just it, it oh my god it is just so wrenching that 
So the movie continues on after this, but it's so difficult to actually concentrate on the movie because I was just I'm just so emotionally drained mm-hmm. by that one scene, that one silly, silly mistake. So I'm just, I know that's not oppression or inspirational in any shape or form, but I just right. couldn't find this anywhere else yeah. but in this episode. John, tell me and about that- your inspiration <laughs> and oppression. <laughs> that, that sounds incredible. Um, okay, so moving down my my list of of oppression. Uh, so this is one that is is an interesting one. I say that because maybe not everyone had this reaction when they watched it, but 1991, Boys in the Hood, uh, Cubating Junior. I mean, you can it, just a whole bunch of people. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Cubating Junior, Ice Cube. It just it was it was one of the first movies that really dealt with the inner city mm-hmm. in a real way. Yeah, it yeah. showed the people who were kind of living the quote-unquote stereotypical inner-city life, which would be Ice Cube's character. It showed Cubitting Jr., who was basically just trying to kind of do stuff to get away from that. Um, Very, very, I mean, just incredible movie because, again, when you do these slice-of-life movies in a particular community, it can fail pretty easily. No matter what community, no Mm -hmm. matter what Mm -hmm. time period, this one nailed it. Uh, This is John Singleton, you know, directed it. He wrote it also. Incredible movie. Not surprisingly, the scene that that got to me and a lot of people watching it is when the character Ricky, who you see down at the end of the street, you know, kind of walking towards Cubating Jr. Uh, and then you see this car drive by, starts slowing down. You know what's gonna happen. You see it happening. And so he just yells out, Ricky and he just gets gunned down. Yeah. Just senselessly. Um, but that was reality. That unfortunately is reality. Is reality yeah. You know, yeah. these days. So watching it, and again, this is a movie that I mean it came out in ninety one. I saw it a couple years after that. But even that, it was just like it hit home because it was real. It was it was something that you see on the news. It was something that you read about. It was something that you might have even known someone who had a situation like that. It was not that far removed. So that was what really yeah, I, I <laughs> saw it. I saw it when it came out, and uh, I was in in England at the time, so it it I, I didn't have the resonation that right. the the people who live in America who live in the ghetto had to this movie. But I mean, it, yeah, I I I totally understood mm-hmm. things once I had seen this movie. Um, and I, I know that I, it was pretty emotional. I don't remember if this is one of the movies that made me cry. And one thing that I don't know is I don't know if this is necessarily a movie that has aged super well. I need to see this again mm-hmm. to see. And I don't know if, if again, um, my question is, would you think this would have the same impact on you now? Yes and no. Uh, yes, it still would because it is, I mean, John Singleton did a great job of portraying what, you know, the inner city looked like in the 90s. Um, there is a scene that kind of gets made fun of where Cubini Jr. kind of has a freak out, you know, in his house and he's kind of punching the air. That scene, unfortunately, gets made a, made fun of quite a bit. That scene does not really hold up, but the subject matter, mm. absolutely. Okay. The way it was filmed, absolutely. The writing of the movie, absolutely. So, and there have been plenty of movies that have come out, you know, dealing with situations like this since then. Um, so that was Boys in the Hood. What is, do you have another oppression slash inspiration? Uh, no, I mean, like I said, there's, there, I, there's a lot of stuff which moves me. But mm-hmm. if, you know, can I come up with 
things. Uh, no. Okay. You carry on. So I, I have one more with oppression slash, slash inspiration. It is one of the more recent ones. 12 Years a Slave, uh, which came out just a couple years ago. Brutal. Brutal. Brutal <laughs> movie. Oh. And it was brutal because, again, this happened. This is not, not only did this happen, this is not ancient history. Mm. Like some people like to think it was. This was 150 years ago, you know? So watching the phenomenal performance of Chiotel Eshafor play this man who was, you know, those of you who do not know the story, you know, born in the North, born free, is, you know, concert violinist, is, you know, phenomenal, kind of plays for that upper crust of society, gets kidnapped, uh, you know, and hoodwinked, as it were, and brought down to the South, where, shocking, he lives 12 years as a slave. And, I mean, this movie, it just, it was brutal on so many different ways, but again, that helplessness, that hopelessness Mm -hmm, of, mm -hmm. here he is, he knew where he grew up, he knew where he was from, he knew what he could do, and yet there was nothing he could do to prevent his situation. Yeah, but I mean, for me, it it was, again, it was a powerful movie, but the level of brutality, um, just like, I think, yep. w- w- stole the greater part of my emotional emotionality. I, I don't think I had anything left yeah. to, 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 to cry about in that movie. Yeah, it was it's just, just so like, draining. Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah, and this movie also introduced us to the phenomenal Lupita Nyong'o, um, who, whose performance, I mean, she won the Oscar that year. Um, for Was it Supporting Actress or Actress? I think supporting. Um, supporting. Uh, let me see. Let me pull that up real quick. Uh, one, one Oscar. Best performance by an actress in a supporting oh, okay. role. Okay. So oh, it was supporting. It, it was supporting. Um, but yeah, I mean, that movie is incredible. Uh, very hard to watch. It is one of those movies where even when you like the people in it as actors, you just want them to stop. You just want them to stop mm-hmm. doing what they are doing yeah. because that is how much you feel for the character's in the movie. So that one is the most recent one for oppression, but also inspirational because it does have a happy ending. You know, it does end up, you know, going, you know, back home. Mm-hmm. So this is one of the ones where the first and second act, even leading into the third act is brutal, is sad, but it does have that payoff yep. um, at the end. So that was our oppression slash inspirational uh, section. The last section, animals, because this one you know, we can go a different direction, mm-hmm. you know, with this, but I wanted to kind of end with animals because, you know, it just, it might, might be the least or the most lighthearted, most lighthearted, least lighthearted. It's not lighthearted. No, not at all. but animals. Yeah. I would just leave it it's, at that. It's, it's not lighthearted because my daughter, basically through most of her youth, uh, refused to watch any uh, movies with animals as <laughs> featured in them because she figured that there was going to be something really sad traumatic or something traumatic that was going to happen to them and she didn't want to be able you know to to be put through that so no it's not lighthearted no uh i guess let me play, let me put it a different way lighthearted in the sense where at least mine for the most part with the animals let me double check uh all of them are animated oh no except for one one is not animated so uh, do you want to start off with, with uh, animals? Sad um, animals? <laughs> Hashtag that, sad animals. animals. <laughs> um, yeah. 
one thing, one, one that I, I don't have a lot to say about, but I mean, I remember from my childhood uh, uh, being very emotional about was, was Black Beauty. I'm mm. not a big horse person, mm-hmm. but I mean, sort of that was a, a tremendous story. Um, and you, you couldn't help be emotional about the, the what, the, again, the exploitation, the oppression that this horse went through um you know but also has its happy happy moments and stuff i don't know this is i I can't remember when this was made because i didn't bother looking this up they made it it a 60s yeah they made it a few times um the 60s one is the one that i'm talking about um and it i don't know how well it would hold up today and i Mm -hmm. don't know if i'd have the same emotional reaction but what i think i would invariably have emotional reactions to are the two animal movies that i do want to mention in particular and they're by the same director okay. and by the by the same author. Mm-hmm. And actually one of the stars, uh, or the, the main star is in both of these movies. And the, the two movies are uh, 1978's Watership Down and 1982's The Plague Dogs. The director of both hmm. of these was Martin Rosen. Um, these both came from novels by the English author Richard Ad- Adams. Okay. Um, the first one, Watership Down is um, about a story of rabbits. Rabbits. Okay. Who who doesn't love bunnies? What could be sad about bunnies? (laughs) Well, Velveteen Rabbit, which to this day, I'm sure if I were to read, would probably make Uh, me cry. Velveteen Rabbit... Was, yep, was brutal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is this is uh, at least as brutal as uh, oh, as that. Fantastic. And, <laughs> and I mean, so the, the 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 basic story is a a group of uh, rabbits uh, get a sense of impending doom, and so they leave um, the the safety of home uh, to try and find a, a, a safe. Uh, place to live and they uh, come across all kinds of problems including uh, rabbits from their old warren wanting to stop the rebellion Hmm. um you know time uh, period like um it was kind of like set in the modern time so you know the book was uh, probably written in the late 1960s early 1970s um uh, and and sort of the the characters just uh, i just seem very very real and there's just so this is one of those movies um one of the few movies on my list where there's a levels of emotionality through the entire movie uh so like you're up and down a bit up and down a bit but right. there's there's some real crests of emotionality um more so than 1982's uh the plague dogs um hmm. Oh, I should mention that both of these movies, the, the one of the main voices, because these are both animated okay. movies, uh, is John Hurt, the famous oh, uh, English actor. John, he uh, does a fantastic job. One of the most iconic voices in cinematic history. Absolutely. I, again, I, I struggled to think of a movie that, of his that I didn't like. Mm-hmm. In The Plague Dogs, um, yeah, there's, there's a degree of, of emotionality through the movie. It's the final scene that... that I, I, it really gets me. So the, the basic idea of the plague dogs is that you have a couple of dogs which escape from a a, an, uh, a, a lab, a testing okay. lab, where uh, it's suspected that you know maybe they have bubonic plague or something. <laughs> okay. And it, you know obviously it's their attempt to escape, so they have um, they have hope. They have hope. Hmm. The final scene that that has me in tears. Um, um it's it's so tough <laughs> in in their. F- final attempt um to escape they they start swimming out to sea mm. and <laughs> it's just oh boy it's it's really tough to 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 sit through because you don't and 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 you know again final spoiler of the movie you do they survive 
Oh, do, do not tell not? me they just end up swimming out and then it just cuts to credits. We don't know. Oh, we don't know. Brutal. It's, it is so, oh. so brutal. Uh, oh, my gosh. Because that, that's the hopelessness. There's mm-hmm. the death of dreams. But yeah. is, is, can, can you hope there's a, there's a small chance that they survived? Mm-hmm. Is there a small chance? <sighs> <laughs> it's, oh, boy. It's a tough one. That is rough. Um, so moving, <laughs> moving on to my animal movies that, that made me cry. Oddly enough, I also have a horse movie. Mm. Uh, the first movie, and this gets an honorable mention, uh, the first movie to make me cry in the theater was Wild Hearts Can't Be Broken. Another uh, one I haven't ever heard starring of. Starring Gabrielle Anwar, who went on to be in Burn Notice. Uh, it is about a woman who, this was in uh, yeesh, the 50s, I want to say. She was a horse jumper where they used to go off of a platform mm-hmm. and jump into a pool of water. Oh, like. 30 feet down Mm -hmm. and the horse would start running and the rider then had to like jump onto the horse to then jump into the water. So insane concept. Oh, good fun. Yeah. Good clean fun. At one point in one of her jumps, because they emphasized it a couple times during the movie in the beginning, make sure you close your eyes, make sure you close your eyes, you know, when you hit the water. At one point she keeps her eyes open, hits the water. And this is coming from, you know, 30 feet up. She goes blind. Mm. Uh, because of the impact, mm-hmm. because of you know all of those things, and then it is her journey, the rest of the movie, and this one kind of goes into like sports a little bit, but it was an honorable mention because I've not watched it since then. I think maybe one other time, mm. um, but it was a, it gets an honorable mention because it was the first movie that made me cry in the theater. So that is interesting. We both have a horse movie. Mm. <laughs> um, my other animal movies are all animated. Uh, the first of which, and I would just kind of hammer through these. First of which, Fox and the Hound, Disney classic. Oh, man. <laughs> to this day. I mean, you watch this scene like, we'll be best friends forever, right? Because it is about this, you know, little hound, you know, mm-hmm. who then befriends this wild fox. They grow up together. They play together. But then, of course, because this is a hunting dog, mm-hmm. you know, they end up running into, running into each other years later. Absolutely brutal movie. And that was back when Disney did not care. It seems like kind of post Lion King. Lion King is, I think, the last Disney movie that was truly sad. Mm. But when you think about the other ones, Bambi, horribly sad. Mm-hmm. Uh, Fox and the Hound, really sad. Like, they were just not pulling punches. And so that definitely was on my list. The Rescuers. Uh, which was from the, I think the, sev- yeah, 1977, mm. The Rescuers, uh, about this little girl who basically becomes enslaved by this crazy woman to go get a diamond at the bottom of this well. So they're lowering her down into this well as the water is rushing in to get this diamond and just this hopelessness of this little girl. And she was like, I can't get it. Mm-hmm. I'm not strong. Mm-hmm. And she was like, you'll stay down there until you get it. And it's just like, I remember as a kid just feeling so tense and claustrophobic and sad. Oh, <laughs> brutal movie. They came out with a sequel in the 90s called The Rescuers Down Under. Way more lighthearted. Mm-hmm. But that, that original from 1977, very, very intense. And then my last animal movie, um, Land Before Time. The the classic Land Before Time about really? dinosaurs. Uh, because, well, I love dinosaurs. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Um, and this one, again, this came out in 88. This one is a short movie. Like, the whole movie is 
a little over an hour. <laughs> I mean, six, like 70 minutes. But as a kid watching this, in the first like 10 minutes, Littlefoot, mom dies. Mm-hmm. Like straight away. <laughs> and then it is about all these, you know, kids. You know, we'll call them. They're all baby dinosaurs. Growing up without any parents in hopes that they will, you know, make it to... Um, I forget the name of the force that they're trying to go to uh, with all the tree stars and everything. At a one point, like Littlefoot has visions of like, thinks he sees his mom. Nope. It was mm-hmm. a skeleton. Mm-hmm. So it's just like, oh my gosh. Like again, movies from that generation, it just feels like did not pull punches. Mm. And so that movie, I even watched it somewhat recently in the past few years. Still had the same effect. Still brutal. And it just, and all the lines, because again, these are kids, you know, growing up without parents kids traveling the countryside and yes they're dinosaurs but it still res- resonated because you're a kid listening to these kids being mm-hmm. like okay that kid's mom just died mm-hmm. and now he has to move on and get away from shark tooth that is one thing that I, I do love about the movie all the little puns and names they give to the other dinosaurs like sharp tooth is a t-rex thunderfoot the now brontosaurus even though it was a patasaurus now it is back to brontosaurus I could go off on that, but I'm not going to. <laughs> um, but yeah, and Sarah and Ducky. So tremendous movie, Land Before Time. Uh, other, do you have any other? No, yeah, I think you went over your animal movies. Do you have I, any other honorable mentions? I, I, you know, I've gone, I've actually mentioned most of my honorable mentions. Although to be fair, you know, I, if we delve deeper, mm-hmm. there's a surprising number of movies that seriously really have <laughs> affected us. This is like therapy, uh, John. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> Just t- time to you know get it off our chest. And that is thing is, I'm a firm believer in if you are a man listening to this, go watch a movie, go cry it out. Crying is incredibly cathartic. Men should not be afraid to show emotion, to cry. Go do it. I feel terribly embarrassed about this entire episode, actually, John. But um, I think it is incredible. <laughs> I, I, find, <laughs> I find it incredible. Because, again, it just you, you can have these emotions. Nobody listens know? to these podcasts, do they? No. Oh, okay, good. Nope. Thank you. <laughs> this is not going on you know, the interwebs <laughs> for anyone across the world to, to listen to. Um, so, yeah, you have listened to us talk about movies that have made us cry, both from when we were kids, you know, all the way to the recent ones like Up, like 12 Years a Slave, like Inside Out. Um, In the show notes down below, I might not put a link to all of these movies because it will be a lot, but I definitely will. I will link to a few of them on IMDb that you can go and check out. Pretty much all of these you can find either on Netflix, you can find on Amazon Prime. Uh, You can probably either buy them on dvd for like five dollars or stream them but yeah all of these movies we we highly recommend um it would be interesting if people would comment about whether mm-hmm. the, the emotionality did resonate with them or or not and and why or why not yeah absolutely so for this episode which i think i am going to title entitle cry babies uh <laughs> uh i have been your host, that guy named John, and you can find the podcast on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at about to review. We're also on iTunes. Uh, if you leave a five star rating on iTunes, I will gladly read it aloud on an episode. A little bit of encouragement there, a little bit of pandering slash begging, some would say. But hey, you know, it is what it is. 
We call it synergy and brand marketing. So <laughs> as Andy rolls his eyes like three different times at that. Uh, so again, I have been that guy named John. And I've been Andy. And yeah, if you guys have, have any suggestions for episodes like this, you know, movies that made you cry, movies that made you feel good, we would love to do a movie or an episode about movies that made you happy or made you, you know, laugh. You can send those to about to review at gmail.com. That is the show, and we will see you next time. Thank you.